Uh, let me give you the serious text first. Uh, talking about love, 1 Corinthians 13 says, uh, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And for some of us, our experience with love is not that. It has failed. And this is talking about God's love, agape love. And as Christians, we learned last week, we can actually have that kind of love in our lives and we can experience that kind of love. So we're going to use that kind of love for our text this week, for our, uh, our, uh, our title this week. Let me go ahead and give that to you. It's called, I Love My Spouse. So if your spouse is here with you today, just move a little closer to them if you can. And um, we're going to learn what it really uh, looks like to love our spouse. And we want that love to grow, that agape love to grow. And, uh, but first, let me, uh, let me give you a little joke. A man and his wife uh, were in an argument, and the man did the unpardonable. He quoted scripture in his defense not wise to do can I tell you and he said the Bible says that it's better to live on a corner of the roof than in a house with a quarrelsome woman it does say that <laughs> and when he got home that afternoon all of his belongings were on the corner of the roof <laughs> don't use scripture <laughs> so how do we grow now for you that are not married for you that are single, if you are college age and above, please take good notes. Please don't tune this message out. You will learn some things to help you in your future, hopefully to save you a lot of headache. Amen, somebody. Come on now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you show up. Thank you for your presence. We yield our lives to you. We ask you to speak to us today. Church, let's pray this. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. The average cost of a wedding in 2019 was $28,000. The average divorce rate is 51%. That means that half of the people that get married today will end up in divorce. The average cost of a divorce is $10,000 for each spouse. So half of the people, over half of the people getting married today will end up spending around $40,000 to end up hating the person they married a few years later. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Put that in the Hallmark card, huh? <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. This is not God's design. It is not God's plan. Let me give you this if you're taking notes. The union between a man and woman in marriage should be a powerful pleasurable and peaceful relationship. Can I add permanent 
that, that, is so, that is so obvious I didn't even put it, but it should be permanent. Powerful, pleasurable, and peaceful, and permanent relationship. This is God's design for a godly marriage. And we all want that. Amen? Genesis 2.18. It's amazing, this verse, because after God created creatures, he created the sky, he created the world, he created the creatures, he created man, and then when he looked at man, he said, everything else he said, this is good, this is good, this is good, but when he looked at Adam, when he looked at man, he said, this is not good. Now, I don't know what Adam was doing at the moment for God to say, this ain't good. Maybe he was breaking boulders over his head, entertaining himself, I don't know. But everything else, God said, this is good. But he looked at Adam and said, oh, this ain't good. I got to get this boy some help. Come on now. And he said, let me read it for you. Uh, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Ah, man, come on. I got to save him from himself. I will make him a helper fit for him. Guys, we are not complete. We are not as good as God wants us to be without a godly woman in our lives. Guys, that was your moment to say amen. That would be better than the flowers you would buy her. We are not as good as we can be without the godly woman God has prepared for us. She is our helper. God says it ain't good. You ain't as good as you can be. If you're alone, you're not as good. Let me just tell you, I got someone for you. Now, ladies, you're not as good as you can be without a godly man in your life. Amen. Not as good without the partner God created. God has a formula for a great marriage, and he gives it to us uh, at, the, at the first marriage between Adam and Eve. And here it is found in Genesis 2:24. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. Become. There is a process, but the goal is to be one. You know, when you first get married, you know, that's when you discover all the things that you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know Patty talked in her sleep with her eyes wide open. <laughs> that was a little scary moment. <laughs> Especially when she said she saw a little old man sitting in our closet looking at me. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, I see a little man sitting in our closet. What? <laughs> what? I see a little, and she answered me. I see a little old man and he's sitting right over there. Now, the first thing I'm thinking, there is a demon in my house, and I got to get up and cast that thing out. She was asleep the whole time. You find out those things, <laughs> and there's a process of becoming one. We're going to talk about that process a little bit today. One, one, that's interesting, that we become one flesh. Not that we divide, it's be we become one that's better. One, that definition for one it, is, it means, one, of course, is singular. It means that, you know, just, just a singular. 
but also one means agreement and harmony. And this is what God is talking about, that a, a godly man and a godly woman come together in a covenant relationship with him first and then with each other, and they become one, one in agreement and harmony. And this is what we want for our marriages. You want agreement with each other and harmony with each other. Oh, God's going to help us today. Amen. Amen. One, so that formula begins this way. One plus one equals one. One plus one equals one. It's a spiritual equation that only works for those who are living godly lives. And God wants you and your spouse to be one. Perfect in agreement, perfect in harmony. Perfect. Well, that may be stretching a little bit, right? But working toward that, amen? amen. All right, so to help us out today, I've asked a couple of uh, couples, married couples, to help me out today. Would you give it up for these two brave couples? Give it up for them, please. Come on up. James is going to go get his wife, who's probably serving in the back, but you got time. And today, they have agreed to help me out, and we are going to be playing My Spouse is Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. <coughs> my, my, my spouse is smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> Come on, give it up for them one more time. Y'all, they're going to need some encouragement. James' wife already left him already, bless his heart. <laughs> so, I want to know which one of, James left too, didn't he? Which one of you, uh, which one of you are, is better in math? That, Drew's the math, okay, yeah. So you get this first question, okay? You get this first question. And James went out the back looking for you, Rhonda, and James had come back in. Now, Rhonda, I got a feeling... All right, hold on. Yes. Oh, they don't need it. Yeah, it'd be better for them not to say a word. <laughs> okay, so you got, you got, which one of y'all are better than math? Let me guess. Okay, <laughs> that was my guess. <laughs> okay, so now, when they are answering this question, so Drew's answering the first question, Rhonda answers the, this, the first one, y'all cannot help them out. You just have to watch. And they're good in math, you're in good hands, okay? But just watch, okay? You can look at their, so the first, that's right, that's right. Uh, so check this out. One, here's the question, one plus one plus one equals what? You know. Write your answer, yeah. One plus one plus one equals what? Okay, we got answers already. Boy, you don't get long at all. Of course, that was such an easy. We all know the answer to this question, right? Uh, so, Drew, what is one plus one plus one? Would you turn your answer around? One. <laughs> Rhonda, one plus one plus one. Three, because Drew was listening and Rhonda, you were out of the room. Drew is right on this one. <laughs> you had a disadvantage. You had a disadvantage, I know. <laughs> so, 
So one, all right, so yes, this is God's equation. Rhonda's right with the math equation, right? But this is God's equation we're talking about. One plus one plus one. It gets a little harder, though. Uh, so the formula for God's marriage, a good marriage, excuse me, a great marriage, step number one, you have to add, you have to have Christ in your marriage. To have a great marriage, you must add Christ. If you want a godly marriage, one in harmony, in agreement, you and your spouse must come to Christ and add Christ in their lives. Ecclesiastes says this, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, that third strand represents Christ in your marriage. Now, I'm so thankful that many of you have, have started coming to church, and maybe for a while that you were not serving God, but now you are. If you are serving God, following hard after God, there should be a difference in your marriage. As a matter of fact, I think it's impossible for two Christians who are going after God Individually, both going after God, I think it's impossible for a divorce to happen. When Christ is in the center of your life, he brings you into harmony. He brings you into union. There are some great things that happen in your marriage, of course in our life, but also in your marriage because Christ is there. There is an anointing on your marriage because Christ is there. This is the reason why Satan hates a godly marriage so much. This is the reason why he, he really wants to split up a godly couple. You have to understand, you have an enemy, and it's not the spouse sitting beside you. It's the enemy of your soul. He wants you two apart. If he can get you apart, he can get your kids. He will try his best to go after your kids. He wants you apart because there's an anointing, there's a touch of God on your lives when Christ is there. Look at what the scripture says. For where Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. You understand there's no greater unity in prayer and no greater power in prayer than when the godly woman and the godly man join together in marriage, join hands together and praise for their needs, for the needs of others. There's a special touch. Jesus is there. There's, a, there's an anointing there for things to happen. Miracles will happen. I hope you do that already. I hope as a godly couple that you join hands in the morning and you pray together before you leave. God hears you. His presence is among you. Also, there's love. There's agape love in a relationship where Christ belongs. We said it last week that we receive this love from God. And when I receive that love from God, I have God's love beyond what I'm capable of for Patty. And in return, she has God's love beyond what she's capable of for me. It's not a selfish love. It's not a love that keeps records of wrongs, the scripture says. It is love that is, that is true love, unconditional love, the highest form of love. You also have God's presence in your marriage. Guys, he can make you smarter than you're capable of being. I appreciate that one, amen. 
Ladies, he can make you smarter than you're capable of being. He can make us think, he can make us romantic. Well, I ain't my way. Well, the Holy Spirit can help you. He can make you apologize when you don't even think you've done nothing wrong. I know, I have before. <laughs> he made me apologize that I was not wrong. But I did anyway, and I'm sure glad I did. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. He is your helper, and he will help you in your marriage. How many of you have had that happen before? So many times I've been just riding down the road, and I think, Ah, I need to go get Patty a coffee and just drop it off by her work. Well, is that something that I normally, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good just to get where I'm going. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit putting her on my mind just a way and, and to express, and I love you to her. I've, she's done, she, the same way the Lord helps her with me. He helps us in the ways that we need to be helped. And some of us need more help than others. Amen. So you have to have Jesus. You have to add Jesus. One, if you want one plus one to equal one, it's got to be one plus one plus one for, for there to be one. Harmony and agreement are those key words that we are looking for. Okay, so um, let's go back again for our key text. Remember, this is the kind of love we're talking about. Love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things. That kind of love for each other never fails. And it's available to every Christian. Every Christian couple can experience this kind of love in their relationship. Let me give you step number two. Now, this question is a little bit harder. So now you can work on this one together. Okay? This is one. Together. Okay. So we've established the fact one plus one plus one equals one. Now, as I was telling Patty about this illustration, she just didn't even want to hear the word these numbers, okay? So I hope this, <laughs> this makes sense, all right? So here we go. Uh, step number two, I'm fixing to give you the problem in just a moment, but let me preach it just a moment. Step number two, you got to subtract. What do we mean by that? Both have to die to themselves. It's quiet in here, ain't it? Both have to die to themselves this is the basis for following Christ and it's the basis for living having a godly marriage now we're not talking about physical death of course but death to ourselves you know we all are born with an independent nature we all are born with the way hey I got it you can see that even in a toddler you could try to help a toddler do something, and they don't even know what they're trying to do, but they will push you away because they got it. And we're born with that kind of independent nature. We're born with a self-centered nature, a selfish nature. Again, with the baby, they don't consider you when they cry in the middle of the night because they're hungry. <laughs> they are, it's a selfish nature. And the problem that we have many times is that we bring negative traits like this into a marriage and expect union, expect one, expect agreement and harmony. So we need to die to ourselves, die to our selfishness, die to our, our complete independence that we got it our way and it's our way or no way. We have to die to things like that. And you may be saying, well, I don't have any of those things. Oh, your spouse can tell you. 
That's a conversation for later on. So there is some dying that we have to do. There's some subtracting that we have to do. And again, thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit that will help us with that if we let him. Guess what, husbands? Since God gave us the position of spiritual leader, we get to be the first to die. We get to set the example. In Ephesians, the scripture says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You want a great godly marriage? Husbands, just die to yourself. And what I've seen is when the husband dies to himself, the wife has no problem dying to herself. The question, though, that every guy is thinking just right at this moment, what if I die and she doesn't? God gives her children to help kill her. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but can you imagine Christ thinking that? What if, what if I die and they don't? What if I die and they don't serve me? What if I die and they don't acknowledge me? What if I die and they don't love me? See, that keeps Christ from dying. Why? For God so loved the world. He died. He was willing to give up his life because of love. So guys, we set the example. And when we do that, it all, she will die to herself and you will have that ability to become one. Jesus said it. He said to all, if anyone would come after me, let them deny Himselves and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So we must die to ourselves to follow Christ, and we must die to ourselves if we want a great godly marriage where we become one with our spouse. So here's the question here's the problem, math problem. All right, so both of you are going to work on this one. It's a little bit more difficult. We have to subtract, and let me give you some, uh, let me go ahead and show you the problem. The problem will be on the screen. One plus one plus one plus what in parentheses? And before you answer, it has to be, uh, oh, you can only use ones, and there must be two of them. You can only use ones in the parentheses, and there must be two of them. So one plus one plus one. This is where Patty shut me off. She didn't want to hear no more about it. One plus one plus one plus. There has to be two of them. All right, no Googling. No Googling. Work it out. Ready, ready. What is the answer? What's the answer? Give us some encouragement. While they're doing that, who has been married uh, 50 years, at least 50 years? Raise your hand. Who has been married 50? Who has been married? Let's give it up for it. Who's been married 55 years? Who's been, who? Somebody raise their hand. Oh, <laughs> who has been married 54 years? 53 years? 52 years? 52 years? Y'all get a gift. Give it up for some chocolate right there. 
Okay, now let's see who got the correct answer. This time we will go to Rhonda. Rhonda, what goes one plus one plus one plus, oh, did y'all look at that? <laughs> y'all, everybody turn around and look at the back wall. The next answer is coming up. <laughs> they are smart. They are smart. Okay, who really knew this answer? Who really knew it? James did. I'm going to believe I'll, I'll believe James. So one, one right and one right. Okay, so the next one was don't look at the screen. <laughs> they're so smart. I mean, they're smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> the answer was the next slide that they saw. Okay, so we, so one right answer, one right answer. Oh, by the way, they're, they're playing for the winner's going to get a $50 gift card. So, wow, the pressure's on. <laughs> and somebody, James has already tried to get help. Okay, so there's another step to our equation, and now we're in agreement because how many of you know the answer to that problem, that that's correct, that you got that? Anyone out there that's a mathematician? Okay, look at Miss Pam, awesome. Okay, but now we got to multiply. We want them to multiply. Step three, multiply, you should increase the other. You should increase the other. Die to yourself but increase the other. To multiply is to cause to increase, and husbands, we should encourage and build up our wives. When they win, we win. When you understand that you're one, what you do for the other, you're doing for yourself. Jesus is the perfect example. He built, he loved us so much, he gave himself, but now we give ourselves to him in perfect unity. In Ephesians, it mentions that when a husband loves his wife as he loves himself. So when you build each other up and encourage each other, you're doing it for the other, yes. But it's also a blessing for you, a benefit to you. Wives, you should encourage your husband. You should speak positive things to them. When he's at his best, he's at his best for you. 1 Thessalonians says, therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing. He's talking to the Thessalonian church, the church of Thessaloniki. He's talking to those believers. If he's telling believers to do, to do that, how much more should we as married couples do that? That we should encourage one another and build each other up. The truth is that many times we do a better job encouraging other people than we do those closest to us, don't we? There is no division in God's marital equation. There is no room to tear down. There is no room to talk down to one another. That does not equal one. No taking away, only adding two. Did you know that the way you treat your spouse could determine if God answers your prayers. The scripture says this, likewise, husbands, live your, with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, look, so that your prayers may not be hindered. 
so that your prayers, that's the next slide, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That we cannot expect God to answer our prayers when we're tearing each other down. He will not. That we should have an understanding, the scripture says, that we should encourage, of course, is, is what the scripture teaches us. And then we can believe that when we come together, we have that unity to get our prayers answered. Patty and I are a team, and when one grows, the other grows. When one is blessed, the other is blessed. When is the last time you said something positive, something that was a compliment to your spouse? When is the last time that you encouraged them to achieve their goals? Gave them, you can do it. If anybody can do it, you can. What would that do for them? Let's begin today, okay? Let's begin today. Now, let's get to the question, the last question. Nobody's going to look at the screen. As a matter of fact, (laughs) you can work together on this. Come on, give them a cheer, y'all. Root them on. Smarter than a fifth grade, you ready? We're multiplying. Now we already have. <laughs> Your eyes are drawn to that screen. <laughs> one plus one plus one plus, in parentheses, negative one minus negative one, or plus negative one, rather, times. And again, in parentheses, it can only be ones, and it has to be two of them. So go ahead and write your answer down now in the screen. And, of the parentheses, it has to be one, ones, and it has to be two ones. How many of y'all know the answer? Raise your hand. <laughs> okay, wow. wow, okay. Give them one more chance. Let me go ahead and give away another gift, another gift. Uh, whose anniversary is this month? Anyone an anniversary this month? Come on, right here. Awesome, come on, give it up, give it up for them. Okay, we are ready. Maybe we are ready. We have our answers. Drew is going to be the first one to answer. Times one times one. Correct. Uh, Rhonda? (laughs) The same answer. (laughs) Okay, give it up for Drew and Sarah. They actually won. They But also, James Aranda has a nice party gift of love chocolate. <laughs> Would you give it up for him again? Thank y'all. Thank y'all for playing. My spouse is smarter than a second grader. <laughs> Just a fun way to help illustrate, but I hope the message came across that we have to add Christ. We have to subtract. We have to decrease. We have to die to ourselves. And we have to magnify. We have to lift each the other up. If you want that agreement, that harmony. And let me close by just giving you some practical things. In, when I, uh, before I marry someone, I have a couple of counseling sessions. And I ask them to read, I wish this book was around for me and Patty when we were first married 29 years ago that the book is 
called The Five Love Languages. How many of you have heard the book? If you haven't read that as a couple, I encourage you to do that. I encourage every new couple to do that. And I briefly just want to give you some things from that book in closing. So important. If you're a single person, go ahead and discover your own love language. The author describes that there are five love languages, five types of ways that we communicate love. And each person has a primary love language uh, that they speak. It's, it's what's communicated to them. And when we speak that love language, our spouse's love language to them, not a language, I'm fixing to give it to you, those types, that their love tank is filled. And when their love tank is filled, they'll give love. When their love tank is not filled, they don't give love. And everybody's happy when everybody's love tank is filled. So let me give you those five love languages just real briefly. And I encourage you to go read the book, and I'm going to give you the site where you can actually go take the love language quiz. It's insightful, it really is. How many of you have already taken the quiz? Would you raise your hand? A few of us. I want to encourage every couple to do this. It really makes, it makes, uh, makes some things come in line and makes some things make sense. The first love language is this, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. This is my... Um, my primary love language, words of affirmation. For the person that has this as their primary love language, what is said to them is extremely important. What is not said to them could also be hurtful. Words are important for all of us, right? Because in Proverbs it says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. But for the person whose primary love language, the way that they, uh, they receive love more than any other way is just those words that are spoken to them. It's a kind word. It's an I love you. Let me just give you some example, examples. Words of affirmation are words that compliment. Words of appreciation. Words of encouragement. Words that show kindness. And for that person, it may, now we should speak all five of these to our spouses. But if her or his primary language is words of affirmation, you should go out of the way. Be intentional in giving those kind words, encouraging words to them. The second love language is this, quality time. This is Patty's primary love language, quality time. Spending time together, focused attention. It's not about what we do, it's being, doing it together. Yesterday, me and her worked in the yard all day long and did not get into one fight. Wow, that's, we talked about it, that's a miracle. Most couples can't do that. <laughs> we worked hard and didn't even have a disagreement. We enjoyed it. It's her primary love language, quality time. I understand that. It causes me to be a little bit more patient. It causes me to be able to, to say, okay, we're going to do this together. And I loved it. I, we had such a great time together. It's really not about doing together. It's about being together. The third love language is receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. For the spouse that is receiving gifts as their primary love language, it's a 
it's a visual symbol of love. It's not really about the money, how much it costs, or it shouldn't be. It is about being a thought of. It is about um, being considered. What a great way to communicate love to them. So the one that wants quality time, if that's their primary love language, like Patty, I can't just throw gifts at her. Should I buy her gifts? Yes. I should still speak the language. But if I'm never spending time with her, busy, 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 but I'll just bring her some roses every now and then, she's not going, her love tank will not be filled. She's like, you can keep your roses. Let's spend time together. See, this reason why it's so important just to understand your love language. And again, we should speak all, but there's some that you need to be intentional about, primary. The fourth is this, acts of service. This is, um, again, uh, being considered uh, an appreciation. This could be a household chore, special project, washing the car, just something that's what you would normally wouldn't do. And if their primary love language is acts of service, find a way just to go beyond to say, I, I love you and I'm going to do this for you. The fifth love language is this, physical touch. Physical touch is more than just sex, but sex is important, of course. But it is holding hands. It is a hug. It is sitting close to one another. So important. Uh, if you go to fivelovelanguages.com, you can take the, the quiz. And I'm telling you, husbands, don't let your wife do that, and, and you don't do that. Find, find out what their primary love language is. Would you stand, please? Why would I take all morning long to talk about godly marriages? We want a strong church. We've got to have strong marriages. We want godly kids. We've got to have strong marriages. Now, I want to give a big applause for all the single parents who are going after God and who are raising their kids in a godly way. Would you give it up for them? Yeah. And I am amazed uh, at their, their drive. And I know the Holy Spirit helps them. How much easier and better could it be for them if they had a godly spouse that was helping them? If you're married here today and your spouse is with you, I just want you to put an arm around each other, and I'm going to pray for you. Satan hates your marriage. You hear me? Satan hates your marriage. He wants to split you up. He knows the anointing that comes when you're both going after God and you're praying together. He knows the touch on your kids' lives. He knows that he has a protection that they, he really can get after them. He'll try his best, but you got him covered. There's a blessing on your life. There are other people looking at you, and they want to they wanna learn from you. So I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the, these couples, God. I thank you, Lord God, that they are serving you. They're going after you. I pray that you let their eyes be open to any attacks of the enemy. God, I pray that you would bless their marriages. Father, I pray a touch would come on them in such a way. Holy Spirit, help them to hear from you where they will consider each other, that they can show your love for each other. God, I thank you for them. 
Anything that's in the past, help them to put it in the past. Father, today, would you work in these marriages? And I'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are college age and above and you are single, I want you to just raise your hand. College and age and above and you are single, raise your hand. There's no shame in that. And I'm going to pray that God helps you with the godly person that he has for you. If you are a man, God's got a godly lady for you. A powerful, God-fearing, spirit-filled lady. We're going to pray that for you. If you are, are a woman, God's got that man for you. Don't give up on him. He just God's working on him a little extra. Okay? But I want to pray for you. Father, for every one of these singles, Lord, that one day will be married, I pray, Lord, you would put them with the right person you have for them. Father, don't let them be tripped up on anybody Satan would send. Father God, let them be have the right person you have for them. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you are single, just a little lanyap, a little extra, don't you settle. Ain't about looks. I ain't talking about that. Don't you settle for someone that's not going after God. Hear me. Missionary dating don't work. I'll date him, I'll date her, and I'll change him afterward. If the Holy Spirit can't change them, you ain't changing them. It's just going to get worse. Now, that's a little youth pastor coming out right there now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I hope you got something from this today. Would you give it up again for our couples who didn't mind coming up? And I started to take some volunteers from the office, but that could have backfired. I've done things like this with couples, and it's backfired before, so I... I, I went after them. <laughs> okay. I want to pray uh, one other prayer before we do our blessing, okay? And I felt this during worship. And it applies to all of us. That because of what we've experienced in the past, we've quit being vulnerable to love. And one of the most dangerous things that can happen in your marriage really in life, that will keep you from a godly marriage, but especially in a marriage, if you ever quit being vulnerable to each other. For whatever reason, something happened, something was said, something was experienced, and if you start putting up walls, if you start putting up bricks to protect yourself, that's only natural. We want to protect ourselves when we've been hurt. And if you ever start putting up those kinds of walls, you, there's no way for you to become one. And you understand, you might have had the reason to. that uh, They might not have should have said that. They might not have should have done that. But today, the Lord's going to help you to forgive and move on. Because if you quit being vulnerable, Adam and Eve, the scripture says that they were naked and not ashamed. That's not about sexual intimacy. They were exposed completely, and they didn't have to be ashamed of it. So you cannot put those walls up. If you ever quit being vulnerable, you will not be one. Would you bow your head just for a moment? This is so painful, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand at all. I'm just going to ask you to make it a prayer for the Lord. You say, Lord, you know that's me, and I want to pray for you. Father, for whoever this is, now you brought this into my attention during worship, so there's some people here today that have been hurt so bad they quit being vulnerable and it's hurting more than they know.
not just themselves, but their relationship. I pray healing. Pray that you help them to forgive and you help them to heal where they can be vulnerable again with their spouse and let love flow. Lord, would you do that? I thank you for doing it. I know you will. Ask the Lord if that's you, Lord. Help me to heal from this. Help me, Lord God, to believe again. Help me to, to love them again, to forgive and to move on. God will help you. I know he will. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am um, in... January, we celebrated 29 years of marriage. And can I tell you, there's some here that have been married longer, but it's amazing how that becoming one happens, that we actually finish each other's sentences. We can have a thought. I mean, that is nothing, no reason to have that thought. And we can tell the others, like, oh, we're just thinking that. It's, it's really, really scary. It's, it's really, really dangerous at the same time. <laughs> can I tell you, I, I, this is, I gave this little phrase to our lead class, and it applies to marriage, it applies to, to God, it applies to a lot of different ways. And I want to give you this as, as we close. The Lord gave it to me for the lead class, and as I was... Yesterday at the house, the Lord brought it back to me. He says, son, you know that's for you also. You know, sometimes we teach things and we just give it as the Lord gives it, but sometimes we don't make it apply to us. And he said, this is for you too. And I want you to know that this is a promise. And he, so much so, he said, I want you to let, call Nick up and you let him know this too. And here's a little phrase. It's, it rhymes so I think you can remember it. And it's for you too. Here it is. If you do the right things for the right reasons, you will enjoy the right things in the right seasons. If you do the right things for the right reasons, you're going to enjoy the right things in the right seasons. Applying it today to our marriage. If you just keep going after God, loving each other, you've got to have a lot of understanding. You've got to be able to laugh each, with each other. Enjoy each other. Don't be so tense about things that really don't matter. Yeah, the, the house is dirty. It's going to get dirty again, even after you clean it. Sure, that's, uh, I, I, don't make it bigger than what it is. Guys, don't make things bigger than what they should be. Take some moment to stop your project and just say, hey, why don't me and you just go take a walk together? Just do the right things for the right reasons. Can I tell you? The longer you're being you're married, it just it's just good. I have this revelation that me and Patty even said it when we were married, uh, only a few years that we would see older couples in restaurants, and they would not even talk to each other. And we've said it like I, I don't want to be that way when we get old that we just don't talk to each other, that we're just sitting there. But as you're becoming one, I, I think I, I get it. You don't have to say anything to know. You're just there. You're just, that is enough just to be there. Does that make sense? And just being, you're one. You're there. Even in the silence, it's wonderful.
Now let's say a sinner's prayer, man. Come on, if we ain't got right now, I don't know if we will, but we're going to pray it anyway. If you got sin in your life, let's pray this prayer together. Would you bow your head? Let's pray it. If you're watching online, come on, let's get sin out of our life so we can let nothing hinder our relationship with God. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we're going to talk about I love my kids. Oh, come on. You're going to be ready for that. Would you raise your hand? Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.